Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speak Aloud podcast. Good to have you here with us today. Really do appreciate you joining us. Hope your year is going great. If you haven't already, definitely check out The Successful Speaker. The book has been out for a few months now and uh, making the rounds, making the waves and helping a lot of speakers. It's been really, really cool to hear uh, from so many different speakers at all different levels about how the book has impacted them. So if you haven't already, definitely pick up, the, pick up our latest book, The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, Building Your Platform. Get the book now. All right, so today we got a great guest for you. We got uh, Chris Winfield. Uh, Chris uh, has a, a great business uh, teaching basically PR and relationships and connections. And so we uh, we dig into a couple different things here. We talk about relationships, talk about connections. We talk about PR. I share right out, right out of the gate some of my skepticism. We'll see by the end whether or not he can convert me to a believer uh, in the value of PR. He gives some really great thoughts. We also just talk about uh, as the importance of building relationships as a speaker and how do you do that and how do you think about that and the challenges and, and some of the potential obstacles of being an introvert versus being an extrovert. Uh, we talk about how he's built his own list. We talk about the value of, of following up. And then you're going to have to listen to the end because uh, he looks a lot like a certain celebrity. And so I'm not going to tell you who. Uh, I drop it at the end and uh, he guesses correctly. So apparently he's heard it before. So I think you're going to enjoy that. So make sure you listen all the way to the end for this, uh, this interview with Chris Winfield. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speak Aloud podcast. Good to have you here with us today. Today, joined by my friend, Mr. Chris Winfield. Chris, thanks for joining us, man. How's your day going? It is going great, Grant. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you. Yeah, good to have you here with us today. So uh, we're going to dig into uh, to the your back background and how you got to this point in terms of uh, speaking, but also you do a lot with PR. So we're going to dig into that and how that is relevant and matters for speakers, why speakers should be paying attention to it. I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. I'm a little skeptical on PR in general. It feels like uh, it could be a waste of time. You're probably going to convince us otherwise. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll just float that out there for everyone. Uh, but let's give us a, give us a snapshot now. Uh, how, are, how much are you speaking? How does speaking fit into the business? Uh, what does your business look like today? Yeah, so I love skeptical people about PR. So <laughs> that actually makes me happy. Good. That's why I have a company is because there's a lot of skeptical people yeah. and a lot of people have had really bad experiences with PR. Yeah. So that's perfect. Perfect. And so my company, Super Connector Media, was actually born out of an event. Uh, I started doing this event uh, just because of exactly what you just said. 
And a couple of my friends, I'm in this small mastermind, and a couple of guys who are also big speakers, Todd Herman, mm-hmm. uh, had a book out last year uh, called Alter Ego Effect, and Jonathan Fields, who's mm-hmm. one of the top uh, podcasts in the world, Good Life Project, and Ryan Lee. Uh, we're in this dad mastermind. You'll appreciate yep. this. Yep. And we meet every 45 days or so. In February of 2017, they looked at me and they said, Chris, why are you not teaching people what you know best? And I was like, wow, that's not that nice. What do you mean? Um, I didn't say it that nicely. And he said, well, anytime that we need anything uh, from you or we want to get in the media, we want to get a book agent, we want to get a stage, you're able to just take out your phone, text somebody and make it happen in like 30 seconds, something that would have taken us like six months. Um, Anyway, long story short, I started doing an event in July of 2017 called Unfair Advantage Live. And the whole idea was just to teach people what I had always done with any business, how to get PR and how to build a business around referrals. And the, so it started from that, wasn't meaning to start a, a company or anything. I did it again, made it a two day event. It, people were like, actually like begging me like, hey, can, how, what can I buy from you? I was like, no, I don't have anything. Right. Uh, it wasn't my event. Uh, it wasn't my uh, mission at that time. But I wound up doing it again and right before, so people kept saying exactly like what you said about, uh, I just have no idea, I don't believe in PR, um, but I, w- I want to I do what you've been able to do. Yeah. So I came up with a whole model around that. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But basically, so I'm right from the beginning, I've always been the biggest believer in events, um, doing events for myself, speaking, and then also speaking as, as much as possible on other people's stages. Yeah. Um, and that has, so in the first 10 months, uh, so it was only a company for, started in March 2018, became a multi-seven-figure company um, with zero sales or marketing other than word-of-mouth referrals um, and uh, our own PR and speaking. Um, And not just at huge events, but also small masterminds, all these different things. So it sounds like for you, speaking is not necessarily like uh, not necessarily like a gun for hire model and that I go speak, I collect a check, kind of into transaction. Speaking is a lot of lead generation for other parts of the business, whether that's for the events or coaching or consulting or whatever it is, you know, you know, you may offer there. Is that the primary way that you're using speaking today? Yeah, exactly. How much of your, how much uh, speaking are you doing or how much do you feel like speaking is contributing to the business? If you're looking at, um, you know, big picture, uh, the big pie, uh, it, do you even have like a, a ballpark estimate of X percent of our business comes from speaking? Um, yeah, probably about 25% comes from speaking uh, legit. at different events. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's pretty significant. So how are you determining and figuring out which events are the ones that make sense for you? Because it's a bit of a different model whenever you are, again, not going from, uh, you know, I'm going to go speak at this uh, car dealership or I'm going to go speak to real estate agents or I'm going to go speak to pet lovers uh, and collect a check and go home. And that, I, I did my, you know, my, my dog and pony show and I'm, it, I'm out. Uh, but for you, where it's more of a, this is leading towards something else, how are you figuring out and determining which are the, the right type of audiences? So do they have people that could potentially buy our, that are a good fit for our services? Um, I mean, really that's like, and, and do I align with the, the mission of the event? So yeah. there's a lot of places that I could go and speak that I don't necessarily believe in the people doing it. Yeah. So it, it really comes down to that. Um, it's, and yeah, for, so for example, last year, 
probably was on 20 different stages. Um, and again, like the doesn't really matter about the size because we've spoke in front of uh, a 50 person mastermind that was just as profitable as a thousand person event. Um, so it's really just about getting really, really clear on you, who your target audience is. I think people should know that like it, it either way, even if, um, I think even if you're going and speaking, at, um, and because I've done both, I go places where I get paid. Um, yep. but I also want to know that there's something more in that. And that could also just be the relationship with the event organizer, you know, that, that type of thing as well. Yeah. One of the things you kind of touched on there is that not all events are created equal. And so, a you know, a small intimate event uh, of the right group of people may be as valuable, if not more valuable than a, a massive event. How do you, as you're kind of looking through, okay, here's some different type of opportunities again, because they're not all created equal. How are you kind of, is there any filter that you're using to determine which ones may be more valuable and worth your time versus others? I, so it's a lot of times it's also word of mouth. So knowing somebody who had been there, had been part of it, um, what their results were, that type of thing, or just really knowing the organizer and knowing the, a bit about who their audience is and, um, you know, that type of thing. So it, it's really just doing your homework on, um, on who's going to be there. Yeah. So as you well know, speaking is very much a relationship business. Relationships take time. And there's some events that you may talk to or follow up with for uh, for weeks, for months, for years before they even really pan out. Uh, because it's so much of a relationship business, how do you keep a long-term perspective as you're building relationships? Because the reality is, is like, uh, it just, it just like building a business as a speaker or anything, it just takes time. And there's not a lot you can always do to fast forward it. There's no fast pass to building relationships quickly uh, and immediately. Um, and sometimes time is the, is the best thing there. So uh, how do you keep that long-term perspective on, on building relationships and knowing the, the value of those relationships? Yeah. So I think the biggest part is not being quite so transactional. And I know, I know that's like an easy thing to say. Um, and people probably hate hearing that if you're looking to get your first stage or anything, but, uh, I say this from my own experience. So I had a company, um, that had grown to about a hundred people and, uh, it was something that I hated doing. Uh, it was a digital marketing agency. And I, I was very transactional in meaning like, all right, I always wanted to get something out of every interaction, um, that I had with people. And that company, uh, this about seven years ago, completely imploded, like I lost everything. Wow. And one of the biggest things that I realized was that I was very disconnected from people. So meaning that my relationships were transactional. And it, so what I started doing was this thing where I started meeting with one person every day, no matter what, because I wanted to force myself to just build relationships again. And I started meeting and my only rule for this was figure out what I could do to help that person. Now, this was a re, like building that muscle. And I've done this for, um, you know, this started in April of 2013. And I, I, I take that same approach to uh, pretty much everything. And that includes building relationships with people that have events. So what it is, a lot of times is I'm, I might not even be the right person. Um, and this same thing exact works with sales. This works with media. This works with anything. Yeah. But um, if you treat that person the same way that you would treat your best friend. So, uh, all right, what can I do? Let me provide value. So here's something, here's a person that 
I think would be a great fit. Here's a sponsor that I think would be a great fit for you. And you just keep that relationship alive. Um, or let's say you got featured in the media or you just crushed it on a big stage or something that you were in went viral or, you know, keeping that person up to breast with that stuff and just really being a good resource without being annoying. And with also realizing that they have a lot of people that are contacting them. I think yeah. that's one of the biggest things that, um, that, that hurts people now is they don't get a response on something and they're just like, all right, that's it. I'm not going to follow up because it's, you know, it hurts your feelings or whatever that is. But I think that's like the, the, the biggest mistake you can make because you have to follow up with people. The people yeah. that I wind up doing business with are the ones that are good at following up with me yeah. um, because just because you get in a, a no or a nothing, meaning you just get ignored just might mean it's just not the right time. But right. the more that you're staying and really just continuing to build that and provide value, the easier it is. Um, and then I think also uh, one of the big things that gets missed is uh, the, the people underneath the event organizer. So their assistant um, or you know the, the, the marketing person, like building yeah. the relationship with those people as well, so unbelievably important. You touched on a couple of things there. I want to mention. So one that you said when you first started really building a lot of relationships for you, it was uh, a lot of meeting with people on a daily basis, asking what you can do to help. Um, uh, as someone who is relatively introverted, and I know a lot of speakers who are, uh, are you more of an introvert? You more of an extrovert? Because for some people, they're like the idea of meeting a new person every day. Man, I'll, that sounds amazing. And other people are like, nope, uh, no, thank you. So what do you say to the, the introvert versus extrovert uh, personality when it comes to relationship building? Yeah, I, I think I'm both. Um, I yeah. can, I can, I'll, I'll get energy from being around people, yep. but I think I'd prefer to be alone. Yep. <laughs> and yep. when the reason I started that experiment, uh, I didn't even realize it was an experiment. It sounds like really nice now, but it was just more to force myself because the idea of one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody at that point, because I was really living like behind my phone and yeah. uh, living it in my computer was terrifying it was the last thing in the world that i wanted to do yeah. so it yeah it's not necessary i i've met very 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 few people that just love to make small talk or love to network <laughs> or any of these things or don't have major imposter i've never met anyone who does not have imposter syndrome yeah. and i've met some of the most famous some of the most uh, successful people in the world they all have imposter syndrome. So mm -hmm. I think that's like something really important to just remember is that it, it's, it's not just you. Right. Uh, one of the other things that you touched on there was that by reaching out to people and just asking them how you could help, it, it, it feels like one of the things like I'm planting a lot of seeds that I have no idea what, if ever it's going to lead to. Right. So, um, I think you and I first crossed paths a few years ago, and uh, I don't know that we either of us had anything. There, there's nothing that we needed from the other one at the time, and I don't know even since then that there's been anything that we have needed from. Now there may come a point at some point where one of us is calling in a favor on the other, but it's not necessarily like we didn't start talking a few years ago with the idea that like okay, in three years or four years, like I can't wait to cash in that favor. You know, <laughs> like it's not that case. So how so how do you? Um, like, how do you have the mentality of like, I'm building relationships just for the sake of building relationships. And it may mean, it may lead to something. It may lead to nothing. Uh, but I recognize that I'm planting a lot of seeds that may or may not produce anything in the future. How do you keep that mentality? 
Yeah. So the law of reciprocity. So meaning if you, if you're putting it out there, it's got to come back. So it, but the, the important thing is this, it doesn't have to come back from exactly that person. So if I'm, if I meet with you and I do something for you, Grant, and it doesn't mean that you ever have to do anything for me, that's going to come back to me. And yeah. the, the, uh, so I, I just know that and because I've been able to see that and it's, it's a great thing to remember. Um, and also though, I think that the important thing is around, um, a connection. So especially now more than ever, like we, because of our phones and, and mm -hmm. social media and everything, we're more connected quote unquote than ever, but we're also more disconnected. And mm -hmm. just like for me, that was just such an important thing in terms of just making connections with people, just having conversations, just hearing somebody say, Oh, me too. I feel yeah. like an imposter. I feel like this, like it, it, it's, that was so unbelievably important. Um, and it, it's also like, it speeds things up. So I believe that relationships are the shortcut. Um, that's uh, the unfair advantage that I have is all the different relationships I have. Now, especially when you're starting out or when you're really busy, it doesn't seem like that. It's the last mm -hmm. thing you want to hear. You want to hear like, all right, what's a great template? What's like a great um, angle? Like what's the subject yeah. line I should use to get through? And unfortunately, I've found that that doesn't really matter. So we do, we, we have an event and we'll always bring all these media people on uh, different panels and things. And uh, the questions are always like, how do I get through to your inbox? And they, there's never like some hack around like use this subject line. It's like, say that we, that you just asked me this question and that we met right. at Chris's event or, you know, that there's an actual relationship. So that's like the trust signal that gets through. So it, it, it seems counterintuitive because it's work, but yeah. it winds up becoming the shortcut. I have found in my own experience that I feel like I have a very good network of people and uh, some of it comes through, uh, like you said, like digital format of uh, whether it's a Facebook message or a text or an email or a Zoom call or whatever. But I found that uh, nothing replaces actually meeting someone in person that I can, I can correspond with someone. Uh, you and I haven't had a chance to meet in person. I know that when we someday eventually will meet in person, like it just changes the dynamic of the relationship. So people that like, yeah, we were friends, but like once we met in person, like it just changes everything. So how important is it to get out from behind the screen and to actually to meet people and connect with people? It's everything. So that's the, one of my friends, Jen Kem says that 10 minutes of belly to belly conversation can replace a year of going back yeah. and forth on social media or anything like that. It, it's true. And it's the great thing is like with stuff like zoom and you know, it, it kind of, it helps. Yeah. Um, so even just this conversation will speed up our relationship um, yeah. because we, we're doing it on video, but like, yes, meeting in person, having a real conversation um, being open with people. So that was another big thing that I changed in my life back when I started meeting with people every day was just being open, honest, and vulnerable with them, telling them that I was afraid of something, tell them that I failed at something. Like I never wanted to do that. So you know this through speaking, like the people who make the greatest connections are the ones who can be vulnerable, who can share, who let people get an actual peek into their lives. And I think that that's like a really important thing for people to remember 
because we don't want perfection. Yeah. We don't. Nobody's perfect. We don't right. like watching people that are perfect and you, nobody's expecting you to be. And I think once you have that realization and just allow yourself to truly connect with people, that's where everything, that's where like the magic happens. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned, you touched on this earlier, but, uh, early on, whenever you're trying to start building some relationships, let's say you're a brand new speaker, you're a brand new entrepreneur of whatever capacity, you recognize the value of relationships. I'm bought in there. I know I need to, I need to build these relationships. I remember for me early on, uh, you're trying to like all these people you look up to, you admire, you respect, like, oh, I, need, I need to be friends with fill in the blank name. Uh, but knowing like I, I'm new ish. I don't, feel like I bring squat to the table. There's no reason that, uh, that they should connect with me. Um, how do you kind of think through building relationships? Because there's also, uh, and I don't know if this is the right perspective, but as I've gotten older and, and I feel like more connected, I feel like there's people I look up to and be like, it'd be cool to meet them, but I know that we're not going to be great friends. Like I know that like, but like, I think if you and I met in person, I think we'd be really good friends. Like we, we, we bond on, on entrepreneurship. We bond on yep. being dads, like these yep. things that, um, that, and I don't, I feel like we're probably at a similar level and stage where it doesn't feel like, yep. uh, man, if, if I just meet Tony Robbins, we're going to be best friends. Like that's just not going to happen. Like, like being realistic about it, you know? So how do you, especially early on, like I want to connect with these people and I feel like we'd probably hit it off. And I feel like I, 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 uh, I, I would like to get to know them, but I don't know how to get to them and B, I don't know like what I bring to the table. Yeah. So the, let's break it all down. I love this. It's such a good question and uh, lens. So the first part is that regardless of who you are and where you are, you'll have something that you can bring to the table. Now, that might not be the obvious thing that your, let's say that your business is based around or your particular skill. But the thing is that there's always something. Now, with that being said, the person that you want to connect with probably doesn't care and doesn't need it from you. And I think it's really important to know that. So it, even when I was meet, when I meet with people, a lot of times I don't ask them like, what do you need help with? Because that's a horrible question for yeah. people um, because it's, it's, it puts people off a little bit and it's like, oh, nothing. Um, but what if you, the thing that I'm always doing is I'm thinking about that. So what are the things that they have coming up that they need help with? Um, so for example, you know this. So when you, whenever you have some type of launch, you're at your most vulnerable. It doesn't yeah. matter who you are. You can be an A-list movie star. You can be somebody with your first course launch, but a book launch, any of these things, that's when you want people to show up. Yeah. So I'm telling everyone listening to this, show up for Grant. He has a book, show up. Like this is like, you want to get to somebody, like you want to build like so that they remember your name and stuff, show up. So it's like writing reviews of books um, and letting the person know that showing up on social media, doing all these different things so that they start to recognize your name because you're trying to bust through a lot of noise. Yeah. And again, that person doesn't need you. And this is no offense to you, but it's yeah. just how it is. They have like, an, uh, because a lot of times somebody will write me and be like, Hey, can I buy you lunch? No, I can buy my own lunch. Like, I don't care if it's a, you know, lunch at the most expensive restaurant in New York city. Like I could do that if I wanted to. So it's always that you have to go a little bit deeper. So look at the different things that people have where you can show up for them. Um, whether that's like somebody is going to speak somewhere, buy it and it's in your, it's relatively close to you. Buy a ticket to that, show up, 
go introduce yourself after or you know buy the vip pass like if you really want to build a relationship these are things now with all that being said the best chance of actually getting to any of those people is through a connection mm -hmm. so there's looking at who do you know that is connected to this person in some way and what do you need to do to get that person to be able to introduce you so again this is long game stuff but um with the right connection to somebody that can be the complete game changer for you um so i that's the way that i always approach it one of the things you touched on earlier is um, the the value of the, this mastermind that you're in. Uh, I think about for myself, there's a, a couple guys that were in a mastermind. We talk uh, on a daily basis. We do a couple trips a year and and just share life. And and I know that at any moment I could ping any of those guys and say, hey, uh, is anybody connected with fill in the blank name? Or does anybody have a contact for this person? Or anyone can make an introduction there. And so having those relationships that are um, you know, kind of the, the one step removed from whoever it is that you're trying to connect with um, can absolutely make a difference. And you being able to do the same, there's like, I'm always happy to make introductions to people that I know uh, is, is going to be a value to both of them. And it's going to be, it's going to be worthwhile. Uh, all right, I want to shift gears. Let's talk about the PR stuff. That was one of the things that we were, we were teasing earlier. First of all, how do, we, how do you define PR? I think PR is kind of this vague, squishy term that can be lumped in a bunch of different categories. What, what is PR for you? PR is media, getting your message out. And when, when I say media, the media takes so many different forms now. Yeah. So that can be TV, newspaper, magazine, online, podcasts, social media, influencers, all these different things. But just being really intentional with getting that mess, your message out through the media. Should you, uh, so, okay, in my spot right now, we have a book coming out and you're trying to just think through the logistics of getting the word, getting the word out in front of anybody and everybody uh, as best as possible, the ideal type of people. Are there forms of media that are more impactful uh, and, and beneficial than others? So for example, on one hand, it's like, it seems great to like, man, if I could, if, if Oprah could mention this, that'd be awesome. Also recognize one, like, maybe Oprah's uh, audience is not our ideal audience. Uh, also realize like two, like that may not move the needle at all or may not be super realistic. Are there forms of media, whether like uh, all the different forms that you mentioned there uh, that are going to be more beneficial than others, depending on what you're trying to do? And it, yes, and it'll depend on the person. So here's, a, here's one of the things that people miss and one of the greatest values of media and why it, it, I think it just becomes more and more important, even as it becomes more fractured in people's attention spans. So the credibility side in the no like and trust factor. So, all right, you mentioned Oprah. Yes, that I, if I was you with this book, like I wouldn't go crazy trying to get on Oprah because right. most likely she's not going to interview you to talk about building a speaking business. It's right. just not her audience. But let's just say she did mention your book that even if her audience is not like even if there was not one sale from her audience what you could do with that would be completely transformational for yeah. your business and for your book now and that's the thing so what what we believe our thesis and what we build everything around is the idea that 20 percent of the value is whatever that initial hit is. So I don't care if it's Good Morning America, if it's Oprah, Super Soul Sunday, um, if it's a podcast, whatever, that's 20% of the value. So meaning don't sit back and just wait for things to happen from that. I don't care if I get one thing from any media hit uh, that I do, TV interview, it doesn't matter. 
What I care about is what I'm going to do with that. So 80% of the value comes from what you do with it. So how do you use that for your, for Facebook ads to drive your cost down? How do you use that to, in your funnels for, you know, so that people are like, wow, this guy actually, I didn't realize right. he was, it had this feature in Forbes. Um, how do you use it to, to motivate and engage your audience. So a great example is that like you could explain to somebody, Oh, I built a, a you could say to a normal person, Hey, yeah, I built a, you know, multi seven figure speaking business. They don't know what the hell that means. You know, right. a normal person. Now you say, Oh, I was just in this article in Forbes talking about my right. business. They're like, Oh wow. let me read that. Or so great example for me, my parents, used to come to my apartment and be like, wait, how do you have, you live in New York city, you have, you connect people. Like, I don't understand what that is, <laughs> but then they see me on TV or they get a text from their friend saying, Oh, I saw Chris on Fox. They're like, Oh my God, you're so successful. We're so happy. Like nothing changed other than their perception. That's such an important thing. Now with all that being said, they, there, there's lots of different places that can move books, whatever your goal is. But the best way to figure those out is talking to your audience and, yeah. you know, finding out what are the things you're listening to? What are the things you're reading? What are the things you're watching? Um, or looking at other uh, of your competitors. So is there somebody that you look at and you're like, wow, this person's killing it. So look at the different places that he's or she has been featured and, you know, seeing that. So those types of things. So part of what you're trying to do is, is, uh, like you mentioned, not just the initial thing, but you're, you're borrowing credibility that you can, uh, like just guilty by association almost. A hundred percent. It's because Dave think about how much they've put into like the New York times or, you know, for, or any of these places into just building that name, building that trust. Um, and you're, yeah, you're leveraging that. And it's a really, really important thing. Got it. So how do you figure out what are the ideal platforms or the ideal media uh, places that you need to be that are going to move the needle for what you want to do? So the main thing that I do is talk to the people in my audience and get real, real responses from that. Um, because this is the biggest question that always comes up. Um, how do I know what people, people love saying, Oh, I don't even have a TV anymore. Like ask people and really get into it and figure it out. The other thing is just looking at different people. So in every industry, there's people who are great at, they've built an amazing brand, they're constantly on TV. So look at those people. Who are, where are the places that they've been covered? What are the, pla- wh- who are the people that have covered them? Start building relationships with those people, et cetera, et cetera. And so when you are, you're starting to build some of these relationships and you're, you're identifying some of those media outlets, um, going back to even what we touched on earlier, is it a lot of, again, trying to figure out, does any, does anybody I know work with, fill in the blank person or anybody know this person or uh, if I if I came to Chris, I saw that you were recently on Fox or whatever. Uh, who's the contact there and looking for introduction? Is that still some of the best ways to go about doing that is just trying to figure yes. out how you're one step removed from decision exactly. makers? So let me, I'm going to teach you a, a quick tool. And the cool thing about this is you can use this for media. So I, you, with your book, like I would highly recommend doing this. Um, but the other thing is like you can do this with stages. You can do this with sales, whatever. And it, it's a tool that we call your top 20. So what you're going to do is just take out a piece of paper. Anyone can do this. Super simple. You don't have to opt in, buy anything. Take out a piece of paper, create four columns. 
So in the first column, you're going to do a brain dump of 20 people that you know in your network. And when I say your network, I'm not talking about your business network or just a mastermind or this, you're not your professional network, your life network. Think about every single person you have ever met in your life. Okay. Now you're going to just list out 20 people that could help you to get media. So that could be somebody that is in your audience. So somebody who's uh, listening to this now who happens to be a contributor for Inc. Magazine. Right. It could be somebody that your kid goes to school with. Their parent happens to be a producer at a local TV station. Like it, all these different things. So all you do is just think about all 20 people that could potentially help me to get media. So again, if, you're, if your goal is getting stages, do the same thing. So right. think about, all right, this person that runs this conference or this person who spoke there, whatever it is, or this person who sponsored it. Then you, the next column is what's their influence level. So you're going to rate them one to 10. What's their influence level. Now that does not mean like who has a million followers or who's a quote unquote influencer. It means how much influence do they have in being able to make your goal happen? So if somebody who's that producer, they have you know a lot of influence. They can book you. Um, if it's somebody who's a writer that is a contributor, they have a lot of influence in that particular space. And then, so you give them a score, one to 10. Then in the third column, you're just gonna write help. So how likely are they to help you? So if it's somebody that you kind of know, then it's like, oh, maybe they're like a three. If it's somebody in your family, hopefully they're like a 10. So there's, they're much more likely to want to help you um, because you have a real relationship with them. So then you just add up those scores and then you just start with whoever has that highest score. Now, the cool thing about that, if they have a high likelihood of wanting to help you, you can come right out with it and ask like, hey, I, I want to get media. I have uh, this book, blah, blah, blah. What do I need to do? Or, you know, whatever that is. Now, if they're lower on that score, then most likely you have to build some type of relationship or you have to actually figure out what can I do to help this person rekindle the relationship. But legit, like you do that and it, for anything you want, you want to get clients, you want to get stages, you want to get media, you do that top 20. It works across the board. It's worked a hundred percent of the time for a hundred percent of the people that have actually done it. So within 20 days, even if you're just contacting one of those people each day, within 20 days, you'll have some results. But Chris, everything you just described is work. Like I just want to tweak <laughs> something and have all of a sudden like the sales and the relationships and all the things that are going to happen. Uh, but relationships require work and effort. One of the things you touched on earlier was the, the, uh, the importance of follow-up. And follow up is so, so critically important. So how do you feel like, like again, for someone who's, who's listening and again, I'm being a bit facetious, but a bit serious. Yeah. Like someone who's like, yeah, it's just, it's, that's hard. You know, building relationships is hard. Like I, why can't it be simpler? Why can't it be easier? Um, but getting in front of and building relationships with especially like influential, busy people uh, who have a lot going on, their time is valuable and important. Uh, it, you, you have to be smart about it. You have to be strategic about it. You have, you have to follow up. So how do those that like being disciplined about it, how to how follow up, how do those things ultimately move the needle? Yeah. So two things to remember here. So the extra miles never crowded, especially now the extra mile is never crowded because we live in such an instantaneous, like we want it right now type of culture that the people that go that extra mile that do the work, it, yeah. it, 
it makes everything, it just makes you stand out so much more. And the other thing is the fortunes in the follow-up. So it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what's going on. Like people are bombarded with stuff now, whether it's text, whether it's Slack messages, Instagram DMs, emails, all these different things. So a lot of times just you you have to follow up. You have yeah. to you, you just it doesn't matter. And like I think the biggest thing from all this stuff is just removing your ego from it and being like, "Oh, well, I don't want to do that because it should just be this easy or whatever." But I think once you get past that and just look at all this stuff as development, personal development in yeah. terms of like getting no's or just getting ignored or following up but it's yes if you're looking for just like here's an instantaneous thing well it's either not going to happen or you're going to spend a lot of money to make that happen because that is the quickest way if you want instantaneous get ready to spend a lot of money uh, I want to wrap up and ask you about PR firms. Uh, I know that you, you, as, as someone who runs one, you may be a little biased, but give us an overview. Like what's the point of a PR firm? Who should be paying attention to a PR firm? At what point do they make a difference versus those that are like, eh, this is probably not worth your time. Yeah. So the most PR firms are horrible. Um, and that's why I pretty much started my agency. It was at, again, like listening to people, people kept saying like, Hey, what if we hired you? Could we hire you? Could we hire you? Um, and the reason why is that there's just the way that you started this off with saying like, you know, I'm very skeptical of PR just because there's, there's been a lot of really bad companies or companies that just don't get it in terms of, um, you know, in, in terms of really getting you an ROI and really getting the value. And we, we look at ourselves as a PRM firm. So, public relations marketing, because the marketing component is so unbelievably important. So where it becomes important is um, when you're listening to something like this and you're listening to a guy like me talk about all these different relationships and you're like, all right, that sounds great. I want to build these connections, but I just don't have that time. Um, And you're at a point where that's okay. Um, Again, like where you have um, more money than time. And that doesn't mean that you're completely, you know, banking it, but meaning that it's going to be more beneficial to outsource that part of your business. Um, so where does that look? Um, you know, usually where I believe is at like that multi six figure, um, level and you know, where you're and a lot of times where you have a product, a launch, um, you know, something that you want to get the word out, um, or you just really want to go big on building your brand. And because what winds up happening then is you're able to not only make the doors open easier, but you're also able to command higher speaking fees, um, all these different things. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Now I admit, like I started a little bit of a skeptic. I I start to see it a little bit more. The, uh, the 20% and the initial hit versus the long-term effect and what you do with that. I think like you kind of touched on, it's not just the PR, it's not just the initial splash, but how you leverage that and being intentional about the the marketing side of that, of what are you going to do with that can move the needle. So, okay. All right. So you sold me there. All right, Chris, (laughs) uh, this has been awesome, man. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, uh, where can we go? ChrisWinfield.com, C-H-R-I-S. W-I-N-F-I-L-D or Chris Winfield on pretty much any social network, but especially Instagram. 
Okay. Now I'm going to tease people here uh, so that they go look you up um, because, all right, turn your, I, I'm, I see you on video right now. Nobody else can see it. All right. You turn like that. Do you know who you look like? Do you get this at all? <laughs> Jimmy you, Fallon? Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. So much like Jimmy. <laughs> even your laugh looks like Jimmy. All right. So people need to go to chriswinfield.com <laughs> just to look this up because they're listening in their car and I go like, does he? Uh, you need to go. Right. Chriswinfield.com. <laughs> Turn to the side, little laugh. I'm telling you, Jeremy Fallon right there. So Chris, uh, good chatting with you, man. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Chris Winfield. Again, check out his stuff over at chriswinfield.com. And uh, again, if you haven't already, don't forget to pick up the book, The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Geeks, Getting Paid, Building Your Platform. Book is out everywhere now. It's been out for several months. Get the book. You need the book. You can find it over at uh, thespeakerlab.com slash book. If you want some more information, you want to check out a, a sample chapter as well. All right, friends, thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.